Geek Shock. Geek Shock. What's horrible is I have this incision that is healing. And oh, he really did get incision. Yes, uh, I, I had an angiogram this week. Uh, good news, uh, my heart looks amazing, apparently. Yay! Uh, uh, all the plumbing is beautiful. I don't have any clogs. I went in and expected I need a stent or two because I eat for shit. And so, but no, apparently that's all good. So uh, but, you know what I think we should do in honor of that, I think we should change all the tiers of, of Kofi. I think tier one should be celery tier. You know, <laughs> tier two should be quinoa salad tier. You but know? that's just it. Nothing says I have to change my diet because everything's fine. Oh, that's, that, no, that's, that's, that's the takeaway. Oh, no, dude. No, you need to change your diet. <laughs> you need to change your diet. I die. You need to change your sauce. No, in certain terms. What? It, um, that actually sounds like a fun idea. Is that, Barry, is that a violation of the rules of marketing to rotate tier names? I think actually it might be fun if we would periodically, we just change what the tiers are named. I could change the tier names every day if I wanted to. It's not, it doesn't violate the rules of marketing because I'm not hinging anything on the like, hot ch- foot-long chili dog. You know, maybe, when maybe someone make types an a or on chili dog, you're going to get Nathan's, you're going to get, you know, Wiener Schnitzel. You're not going to get, you know, <laughs> donate to Geek Shock, though. That'd be nice if you did. Uh, and again, who's out there Googling footlong chili dog other than me right now? <laughs> but anyway, I still have this incision that's healing and I have to press in on it whenever I laugh. So I have... One hand at the ready on this incision dealing with this show. Oh, I wouldn't worry about it. This show ain't funny. There's no funny to be had here. I think I spaced out. What are you doing with your incision? Jesus Christ. I have to put shit on it whenever I do anything. He sticks his finger in it. Yeah. Yeah. He has to laugh. He has to stick his finger in it. Twirl it around. There you go. Hold that shit in. It's a good thing Jeff isn't here because he's a riot. (laughs) <laughs> See, now I have to hold the incision. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 642. I am Master Torgo. Commander K. Back check Andy. Vlarg. And we're here to talk week and geek. Yeah, we had to do a little shuffling this week. Uh, yeah. Jeff is out of town. Uh, I had a surgery. So here we are, back doing an internet show. Because I, can, I can't carry anything more than 10 pounds. That's the rules. That's the rules they give me. Oh, how do you carry your ego in the room? Uh, well, I just have to carry the show, so that's already waiting. Oh, 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 oh uh, yeah, now that Jeff's not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Deb is out today, too. She's uh, busy as well. Uh, so it's just us. And we have Andy. It's an yeah. Andy show. This gives us the opportunity to bring Andy back into the show. So, this, so that is a plus, right? I think I, so. We're going to call it a plus, at least while he's here. Yeah. I figured it was a birthday present. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy, happy birthday, Andy. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Your present is this wave I'm waving right now. And how old did you turn, Andy? Yeah, what it's geological old. error have we entered? I think I'm Cretaceous at the moment. Oh. Yeah. The pretentious era? 
Yes. Oh! <laughs> no, oh, I am, uh, I'm, if I'm doing the math right, I'm 59, so. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, wow. The countdown begins. Uh-huh. Hey, no bullshit. He doesn't look it. And I'll tell you why, because he keeps it geek. Geeky mm-hmm. people do not look their age. That is a fact. As yeah. I've often said, it's my immaturity that keeps me young. Yes. You think we're joking? <laughs> no, it's true. Mental youth brings actual youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to thank all the listeners, especially you Kofi members. Thank you for tuning in this week. And uh, I just realized that I never grabbed all the stuff to give away the thing. So I got to get that together right now. Oh, get it together, Todd. Quick, Andy, vamp. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Are you going to give something away? Because that's cool. Away? Uh, yeah, I, we were supposed to give away the mini of you, Vlarg, uh, which is actually a 40K Pox Walker. Uh, we're supposed to give that away. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, a wait a minute. I thought, wait, I thought I was the Whiskey Golem. Uh, no, that's definitely not you, because that's cool. <sighs> All right, so here I am. I have the, the, the bag of names, the Kofi members. And if you want to be part of the bag of names that once a month will get a mini painted by me, just go to ko-fi.com slash geekshock, and uh, you can find that tier three and above are, are put into this drawing. So here we are. It's time to pull out a name. Yay! It is, it is, it is time. So we're going to reach into the bag O names. And again, all Kofi members, tier three and higher are in this pile. So the names are being pulled, and the winner of the Vlarg Mini is Atomic Gumby. Atomic Gumby! Congratulations, Atomic Gumby. You have won the Pox Walker uh, spitting image of Vlarg. Spot on. It 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 actually is a spitting image of me. It's, I work the... so hard on those pustules. It's it's you. They they almost ooze with uh with his hate. Ooze, funny. You're a funny man, and uh, he painted them exactly. And if you scratch and sniff the mini as well, you can smell the pustules. It's pustulific. Uh, I, I wouldn't scratch it because you might get a smell, but it's probably primer. Mm. <laughs> I'm almost finished with microscopes. Uh, Starro. I finished the eye this week, which was the uh, the uh, the biggest focal point of it, and so uh, very happy with that. Very happy how that turned out. If you run out of time, do you have a backup ninja to give away? Uh, no, because I paint everything just for the show. I don't have pre-painted things. Right, but I mean, if you run out of time, do you have like a ninja you could like quick give a clear black paint to and like, oh, this is this week's? No, I guess not. Yeah, that I see what you're you're saying. Uh, no. Andy yeah. shenanigans. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now that we've given away the mini for, frankly, the end of last month, what geeky things did you do this week, gentlemen? Uh, Andy, it's been a while. What you do? I did a ton of stuff, but I guess I'm gonna skip. You know, keep it relatively short. Uh, I saw Miss Marvel. I'm sure we'll talk a little about that at some point. I I really enjoyed it. I. Uh, you know, it's the first episode, and there's some stuff like eh, I don't want to. I don't want to see the the cranky mom shit again. But I know we gotta get past that to move on to the good stuff. Same. Uh, but I really like. Uh, I really like what they did with the backgrounds. There's a lot of stuff with like uh, like moving uh, murals and stuff. There's a lot of like graffiti and stuff. And there's like there's a whole conversation that's a text conversation, but it's all happening with signs around them. So you know, it could be a neon sign that's portraying what's going on in the text. It's, it's really nice stylized stuff. I was I was happy with that. 
I would be very surprised if uh, the director of this show uh, wasn't heavily inspired by uh, Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim. Because yeah. it really the all the directorial choices, all of the uh, extreme extra animated stuff thrown in with that, the kind of the weird screen cuts and and uh, the way transitions happened, uh, that feels very Scott Pilgrim, and that's in mm-hmm. a good that's a good thing. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. It keeps it very exciting. It's, uh, I mean, I love it because it's also high school melodrama, so that I, it's really. Sure. Kind of in my my bag, so I, yeah. I mean, it's just the one episode so far, but yeah, I'm I'm on board. Uh, mm-hmm. One because I really enjoy the the teenage angst story, and two, I also enjoy just the way it's directed. What I mean, it's 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 aimed for people with short attention spans, and it works. <laughs> and as much as I'm annoyed by the the cranky mom shit, she plays it well. And I also really enjoy the Ms. Marvel story. It's one of the few comics I've read in the last 10 years of kind of the new added canon. I haven't mm-hmm. seen, read a lot of the other ones on there, like uh, Riri and so on, that they're bringing in. Uh, but that one I've read a lot of. I really like uh, Kamala Khan a lot. I haven't read any, so how how far away from the uh, comic are they? Uh, the the character's the same. How she gets her powers are definitely different. Um, but but the spirits there and mm-hmm. as far as her and her relationship with her family uh it's uh in the comic it's more relationship between her and her dad uh this has kind of brought in a more family dynamic to it mm-hmm. uh but i it hasn't thrown me off from it 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 feels right nice um i also watched obi-wan i'm caught up on that now yeah uh, there'll be another episode tonight won't there so I won't be kept up by the time I listen to it, but I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of that. The man babies are not apparently. Well, screw the man babies. I do like the uh, the various. Uh, I like to like Galran and then various other uh, Star Trek actors and Star Trek characters defending her. I didn't see Galran, but I saw it's oh, in Mel. Oh, the Galran is great. The Galran is it's, it's you know. You know it's uh, they take the the text of the defense. And then they sort of end it with their own tag. And so, of course, he ends it with, For the glory of the Empire! Of course he does. Which is just a wonderful little touch. They called the, the man babies, like, some, some Klingon word. Pataks or something? Or? Patak would be Patak. the word. <clears throat> I love how we all casually speak Klingon. Yeah. That's great. I went off. To somebody's birthday party. Uh, this is a guy with some money, and uh, he was having a 50th birthday party. So he rented a uh, farmhouse in the Berkshires. So it's this whole farmhouse full of his geeky friends. I got invited along, and uh, they were playing a bunch of games. I missed out on a lot of the games. My time, the timing was wrong, and frankly, it was a game that looked both complicated and boring. It was some game with birds where you're playing birds and you're getting eggs and nests and just uh, like nope not my what game ki- what kind of games andy computer games board no games? no no but they, they were they were playing mostly this bird this bird game they're playing uh, uh tabletop games okay i've, I've okay. played tabletop games with this guy before and he's, he's got some pretty good games but i just the timing was wrong but among the things we did was late in the night this giant farmhouse we Took off three or four of the rooms, and a bunch of us did LARPing. I, my first time LARPing. 
Oh, and boy. it was a uh, it was LARPing as a bunch of the people were uh, ghost hunters in a like a bad ghost hunting show, and a couple of us lucky souls managed to be the ghosts. So ah, lucky I, souls. I, I, I yeah, there. So I, I spent an hour or so like lurking around in the dark, scaring the shit out of people. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that is a twist for you. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, Andy does not like walking in the dark and coming across a human being. No. It is not one of his favorite things. No. That, so, if you happen to be lurking around in the dark, the last person you want to come across is Andy. So, you know, it yeah. kind of worked out all right. <laughs> now, I, I did surprise my brother recently, and then he jumped, and, and it reminded me of... Uh, the time when you and I were playing uh, zombies, waiting for everybody to show up, and Lewis spontaneously uh, appeared behind me. And yeah, I, that was Todd. Was it Todd? Was it Todd? Todd I, I left the door open, and Todd snuck in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I fell on my back at one point to end up. I was like, I'll feed you, you, you. We were on a couch, <laughs> and you fell on your back. And your little legs, your stubby little fucking legs... Are kicking around. Your arms are like a tri- Tyrannosaurus Rex fell on its back, and you were just like, <laughs> "It's like the weirdest self-defense uh, style I have ever seen." It was uh, not manly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the final thing I want to mention is well, I. Uh, well, it's not. It's not. <laughs> It's not fight. It's not flight. It's splight. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's sure. Andy essentially spills himself. <laughs> so I weirdly went up. I took my dad up to his uh, his reunion, his college reunion. And walking through the campus, I came across something geeky. There is a, a monument on the campus of Keene College. Uh, I've got the text King College here. in in what state? New Hampshire. In New Hampshire, okay. Uh, this monument has been erected in 1964 by the Gravity Research Foundation, Roger W. Babson, founder. It is to remind students of the blessings of blessings forthcoming when science determines what gravity is, how it works, and how it may be controlled. So. Keen College is all about trying to make gravity their bitch, and has been for fifty years, and obviously very successful. Oh well, it's 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 you know it's not a uh, it's not a quick journey, and it's it's it's, it's a marathon. It's where bitch. You you would think yeah, trying to make gravity your bitch, and well, hey, gravity is a bitch, so <laughs> I don't know. What was but the that, monument? I was picturing like a statue of Isaac <laughs> Newton or something. That's right, with an it, apple like a foot was, above his head. It was very basic. It looked, it looked kind of like a gravestone. I'll I'll post it on the uh, layer eventually. <laughs> a gravestone. A gravestone. Yeah, it was just you know, it was just a sounds right gray gray monument with with text on it. Okay. Buried before they could ever get it off the ground. Right. Uh, yeah. That I have to say, Andy, that the geekiness kind of takes a hit with just the gravestone, <laughs> right? I mean, geeks would would there would be some weird, I don't know, uh, gravity, uh, maybe like a a a, a giant plane, P L A N E that sort of dips in the center, like those, you know, how how a black hole works or some yeah, shit. Yeah, like that, like that. You know, Did something. I mention- 
that I mentioned was in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> is New Hampshire not a very geeky place? New Hampshire is, uh, we, we call it Cow Hampshire. For, for a while, there were more cows than people in New Hampshire. It's, uh, lost a lot of my relatives are from. It's, uh, it's not the most... It's not the most forward place in the country, which is weird because every four years it becomes really important. And it's really weird watching these old Yankees being interviewed by every you know, major uh, media in the, in the country. All right. Hey, if you're listening and you're from New Hampshire, I want to hear from you. Yeah. You, you, you can't let that slide. Andy no, no. slighted the entire state. No, if you're listening, you're probably related to me, too, if you're in New Hampshire. <laughs> Wow. Well, this week I I watched Pistol on Hulu. So did I. The Pistol is the Danny Boyle uh, eight episode biopic of the Sex Pistols. Oh. Now, now I love the Sex Pistols. They're probably my favorite punk story out there, just because their whole inception to how they fell apart is such an interesting story with talk about a group that was manipulated from the outside beginning to end and the, uh, the inner turmoil within the group that was basically not only there from the beginning, but exacerbated by quote unquote management. So I I've, I've read a few biographies. I still haven't read lonely boy, which is the biography that this show is based on. I'm waiting for the library to get a, hold of that to see how it matches up with this now if lonely boy was steve jones biography he's the guitarist uh for the sex pistols so it's his point of view very um, much not a sympathetic character in this no no and and nor should there be uh the, there's not a sympathetic character in the whole story of the sex pistols no matter who's telling the story it's it's, it's a fascinating look i started out as a big fan of the show and by the end of it i was like I, I feel like there were some missteps along the way. Mm. One of the biggest things that bothered me with it uh, going along is that it took a long time starting the pre-story of it. Uh, Steve Jones and meeting everybody and Malcolm McLaurin and his sex shop and Chrissy Hind and, and all the people in that orbit telling their stories and getting to know them. Uh, but once the Sex Pistols started, uh, it started telling a good, slow story. But all of a sudden, it felt like it wrapped up everything in two episodes really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like it took its time with the early part and really jumped through quickly the last part. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't mind that because it's a real story and real stories don't have arcs, you know. All the interesting parts of the history of the Sex Pistols kind of happened near the beginning, in the middle, in the end, it just kind of petered out. And by mid beginning, middle, and end, if you think about it, it wasn't that long a time. We no. we, we uh, put the Sex Pistols on a pedestal a lot. Because you think of punk band, you think of punk movement in the, in the 70s, especially in England when it was needed, you think of the Sex Pistols. But I, I grew up thinking, okay, well, the Sex Pistols came first before a lot of other bands like Black Flag and, you know, and, and then the Distillers, some great, great music like that. But I never really knew that much about them. And I listened to this and I'm like, wow, these are a bunch of shitheads. Yeah, a bunch yeah. of manipulated kids. 
Mm-hmm. Manipulated kids and filthy, rotten kids. And Sid yeah. Vicious is a fucking idiot. Oh, and yeah, always was. He's the now stupidest did, among them. Did yeah. the band break up before? Did the band break up before he died? I can't remember. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, the basic story is Malcolm McLaren want this. They're almost like the same way that a boy a boy yeah, band is put say, together. It's basically yeah. menudo. Yeah, yeah. And they're the menudo of the seventies. Um, it's always a menudo. <laughs> good point. Uh, but uh, they were. Uh, he just put a bunch of guys that he knew he wouldn't that wouldn't get along, and kind of exacerbated that. Put them in two places they they shouldn't have been, just to create notoriety. His whole thing and Malcolm McLaurin's life has been about narcissism and getting his own name out and just causing disturbance. It uh, sounds like he was on top of the whole reality show thing before the reality shows were a thing. Kind of. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Malcolm McLaurin went on to do. I mean, he made the Sex Pistols movie after they broke up. And it's a it's a really dull, self-serving film about mm-hmm. Malcolm McLaurin. It's it's if you ever seen the great rock and roll swindle, it's it's an interesting thing to see because it is just a weird vanity project. But he went on to kind of create his own band later on. He was trying to take uh, advantage of the double Dutch jump roping craze that was happening in the 80s and created a double Dutch song. What? Wow. Yeah. It, he was, even though he was someone that was trying to create a movement, he was always trying to grab onto a movement as well. Was, his, was that Public Image Limited or was that something else? No, no. Public Image Limited was Johnny Rotten's Johnny own bands that he basically created after the Pistols. Right, right, right. right. Okay. So yeah. if, and he still tours with Public Image Limited. If you see Johnny Rotten now, that is how you will see him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I like Public Image Limited. It has that same kind of uh, fuck you attitude of the Pistols, but without being a tryhard. It's it's them just being experimental for experimental sake and uh, just a a finger up to you the whole way. And there's and they found some decent songs in it, but most of it's crap. But interesting. Uh, but as far as the show goes, um, it's definitely a Danny Boyle piece. If you have seen Train Spotting, uh, you have that same kind of uh, uh, ethereal mental image with it, especially when it comes to Steve Jones's uh, sexual exploitation from his father. Uh, esoteric filmmaking on there. It'll be like a regular biopic, and then it will be kind of uh, uh, dreamlandish in some ways. Wasn't it shot? In a, a old TV format in the beginning, that that if Jeff were here, he'd know. Yeah, he would know. Uh, couldn't couldn't tell you. I know they used some old footage. Uh, one odd thing I thought was really interesting was when they did the the final tour of the Pistols was in America. That's when they broke up, and they did did a uh, a tour of the southern states. Uh, the only time they toured in America, and that was a Malcolm McLaurin choice because he wanted to go to places where they would start fights and cause news and so on. That was the whole point, just to disturb society. Is that the um, tour where Sid Vicious had walked through a plate glass window? I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, for all, Sid Vicious was just busting himself up all the time yeah. for the hell of it. Um, a strange thing that uh, with how it was filmed is when they were doing showing footage of the band playing in the South, 
they started interspersing actual footage of the pistols. But they didn't keep doing that. They kept going back and forth. So you'd yeah. see images of the real Johnny Rotten with the actor who played Johnny Rotten. And mm-hmm. so it, so that was kind of weird. Because I don't think it worked. It was jarring. Um, yeah. Uh, and I have to give big props to the actor that played Rotten because, damn, he nailed him. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting to see Johnny Rotten in the first episode, and it's just build up. And then he, like, at the very last second, there's this screech, and then he turns around, and he's like, look, it's Johnny Rotten. And it's, that was that was actually pretty cool. The thing that uh, was surprised me was I was not aware that Chrissy Hind of the Pretenders, band I fucking can't stand, uh, was, was so involved in all that. I was not aware that she was part of that scene. I dislike the Pretenders very, very much. I can't stand that music, but uh, I did not know she was a part of that. And the woman who she got that they got to play her looks more like Anna de Armas and than Chrissy Hind. But whatever. I want to pursue this this hatred at some point, but there's a lot of stuff you hate. So it's not. It's just if it goes on the on the radio, I will turn it off very quickly. You know. Just a man with brass in his pocket. Yeah. Don't in the middle that. of the road. I, nope. No. <laughs> Cease. So, Barry, what'd you do this week? Oh, man. Uh, as I am about to close on a house, I really don't have a lot of scratch to go out and do stuff. So, I've been catching up on all my stuff. And, you know, I'm watching a lot of TV. We're caught up. We're caught up on Miss Marvel. Caught up on Obi-Wan. Caught up on Strange New Worlds. Caught up on The Boys. Caught up on... Strangely enough, the Mayans. Uh, I, I'm, I'm even binging Better Watch. I've actually been to Better Call Saul. Uh, really? I have two screens and and two laptops on my desk because I work from home. And so on my work stuff, I do all my work stuff. But on the other screens, I got like Discord open, which is why it's easy to get a hold of me. And Netflix or something on the other screen. So I get to, I get to burn through a lot of stuff. So I thought you were saying you watch like two shows at once. I can't watch two shows at once. I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> uh, not but like a lot God of... reading two books at once. Nothing not... weird about that. That's weird. That's not weird. Weird. But I'm not going to talk about all the normal, like the geek stuff that I that I've watched. I'll talk about the geek stuff that I played because I played some Minecraft. Everybody drink. Imagine that. Yeah, I know. Uh, Decked Out is going great. Uh, you got to get involved in this, man. It's not too late. Uh, I'm building something crazy big as well. The town's expanding. And 1.19, uh, the the new expansion for the Warden just uh, just dropped. It's not live on our server yet. We're waiting for uh, like a little software update thing. It should happen in the next week or so. Uh, but it's a good time to get on and play. And if you're an unseasoned celery tier member, that's right. That's what we're <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm renaming all the uh, all the tiers. By the way, tier one is now unseasoned celery. Tier two is now quinoa salad. Tier three is egg white and spinach omelet. Tier four is steamed cod and brown rice. And you tier five members, you impossible meat and whole wheat tortilla taco. You, we appreciate you very much. Why oh, appreciate you all? Because Todd has to eat better. And I feel like I'm encouraging him to eat poorly with names like Footlong Chili Dog. It's all your fault, Barry. So the important question, Barry, can he play blackjack yet? <laughs> we're, we're, we're so close. We're so close. 
But okay, Chai's been derailed by decked out. As yeah. soon as he like he was busy moving from house to house, and then he somehow gets on. He's like, "Oh my god, I gotta be decked out for like five hours a day." I'm like, "Why don't you finish Blackjack?" Anyway, we're real close. <laughs> Is this like the, there's like some physics thing where if you throw a ball and I don't know something like you can never actually reach it because you're always halfway to the answer. You some physics thing, yeah. Where yeah. like That's half, not physics. half again, half That's again. mathematics, yeah. That's math. Yeah. yeah. No, we're real close. You can never play blackjack. You'll always be closer and closer, but never there. <laughs> what? There you go. The Geek Shock Minecraft server asymptotic. Uh, uh, it will happen soon. Kirsten, what did you do this week? I exhausted myself, beat myself up to save democracy. Actually, and we don't I thank for, you for your service. Oh, thank you. I actually did do stuff um, a couple weeks ago <laughs> before I started this, and I actually forgot it to mention it on the last show. So I will mention that I watched The Host. That's a Korean horror movie. Kind of aliens-ish, kind of, uh, I don't know what, Todd. It just, it's, a, it's a horror movie, alien but not extraterrestrial alien necessarily. Like it's more like mutant thingy, and it's a it's a Korean disaster thing, and it's pretty good. It's actually an interesting movie. The family, it's about a family reacting to this and trying to get together, and that's something that could usually bore the living shit out of me. But um, and I think this is a uh, uh, Ban Wu. Uh, I, I can't remember his name, but <laughs> okay. that, that that director, that Korean director who is on the rise and a lot of people are talking about. I think this is one of his earlier movies. So it's been very interesting and I've um, I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, I also stumbled across, which was kind of interesting considering our discussion a few weeks before that, uh, some anime Rick and Morty. So I saw the great yokai battle of Akibara, um, which was actually funny. And that is the one that is directed by the anime director who is doing that um, Rick and Morty run of a Rick and Morty anime. And also the uh, Samurai and Shogun short, which uh, both of those are, are just amazing. Genius, just hilarious, amazing. I just... I really loved them. I can't recommend them enough, and it's crazy. I missed a deep, deep geek, deep cut with my associate, Russell, whom I worked with at the elections. Russell got me in there, and he was talking about his license plate on his car, which is R-I-Q-C-1-3-7. And I just like, I don't get it. And he's like, come on. You've talked about it. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, it's not ringing. And he's like, Rick, C-137, Rick and Morty. Rick is a... Oh, uh, God. Yeah, Rick that's is... Deep. A, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah. got to to him. That was, that was rough. I was just like, wow, you really, uh, you really did cut deep there, buddy. Mm, um, so, and it was really funny just seeing Russell be that kind of, that kind of geeky. Because that is some real deep geek. But yeah, so I enjoyed those things that I did. I look forward to catching up on stuff. 
when my paycheck comes in, I may actually squeeze out a movie or two. Um, we shall see. I've been dying to see the North, the Norsemen, which uh, um, everybody, all the critics and all the all the sword and sorcery folk that I like are talking about. And it's on Peacock yeah. now, right? Uh, yeah, they are now. It is now video on demand. Twenty buck movie still. Ooh. So, but damn it, I never got to see everything all at once, and I still want to see that. That still has to happen. I did manage to squeeze out Doctor Strange in in the theater before uh, before all this came about. So that Excellent. was that was very cool, and I want to see it again. That's good. That's one of the movies you really have to see in the theater. I think it's it's it lends itself well. Yeah, I will, I will I, I probably could, rewatch it when it comes when it comes to streaming, which should be yeah. pretty soon. I, I, I did watch it in theaters. I dis I was disappointed because it was a a freebie. Um, a freebie movie off of Galaxy, so I couldn't do the all bells and whistles 3D, uh, 4DFX, um, you know, hand job uh, theater experience. That man, they, they just keep adding on there. I don't know if the hand job is part of it now. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I'm going to the wrong theater. Yeah, 3DFX, 4DF, happy ending. Uh, Triple X. Yeah. So, so I got the conventional one where, you know, somebody punches you on your way out, but, uh, I still enjoyed it in the theater. What a, what a movie. I just love the visuals. I love people playing with those visuals and just going that kind of buggy out way. So that's very happy. So, so, you know, uh, but I'm looking forward in the next, uh, week or two of binging. I haven't watched any Obi-Wan. No strange new worlds. I've stalled on discovery. I mean, I've got a uh, a uh, metric fuck ton of stuff to catch up on. So oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Kirsten. The uh, the what geeky things didn't you do this week is next segment. Not <laughs> yeah. no, I, I'm just subbing for Matt. So. I no, actually, you're, you're trying to do the, the almost Andy stories, but you've, yes. you've taken it to a new level. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you never go full Andy. Yeah, full Andy. No, no. Even when they uh, offer it for free at the massage parlor. Right. So. I wish I wish uh, Jeff was here because I've, I've been, like, experimenting with the various free streaming services. Wow, some of those, this, the ads are insane. I wanted to, like, get his feedback on which ones I should be looking at, like, IMDb streaming service became Freevee, and I found myself watching stuff on Freevee, and they run, like, they'll stop every three or four minutes, it seems like, and run five commercials. I watched Bosch Legacy on Freevee, and there was a couple commercials, but it wasn't too bad. Well, I'm watching a weird old shit. Like, I, I've, I've been pouring through Banachek. Uh, How's Banachek? Banachek, apparently... Was was the show that made me interested in uh, detective shows, and it's a really weird detective show. He, he's a insurance investigator, but he's a freelance investigator, so he gets ten percent of what they would have had to pay out if he finds the item. That sounds like the dullest show ever. <laughs> George Papard. So. Yeah, George Papard. Best part. Yeah, it is George Papard. Okay, uh, Hannibal. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's you say insurance investigator sounds boring, but they're all 
they're all like weird, like in, insane heists that he's trying to figure out how the hell they did it. And, you know, this this stuff ah. shouldn't disappear. It's basically magic tricks. Yeah, the H, the H uh, word that Andy loves so much. Mm-hmm. Heist. Well, no, that's a different thing. I like a good heist movie, but this is this is uh, basically a, a magic a magic trick, a magic a magic theft, and then he goes through how the hell they did it. Magic, like yeah. actual magic, or sleight of handy kind of. No, it'd be like I mean, like, like I'll I'll spoil one because it was it was painfully obvious to me because I'm just being around magicians. There's one where there's a urn that's in a little alcove, and there's a distraction, and everyone turns away, and when they look back, it's gone. And all it was was somebody put a mirror in front of the thing, and it was reflecting the curtains. Well, that sounds like a winner of a show to me. Well, I felt free to spoil that one because that was pretty obvious. But no, it's, it's, it's so a lot we've of it gone is... from the '80s Jeff PR firm to the Andy's 21st century marketing uh, yeah. team. <laughs> Can you I... imagine the pitch for this show? All right. I got a great show for you. All right, you ready? We don't even need your red light. It's gonna be all green light. We got an insurance adjuster. Oh, I haven't even got the pitch part. Yeah, this, this, this is, uh, this is the age when all the detectives had a gimmick. So you had like the blind detective, and you had the fat detective, you had the wheelchair detective. What, dude? You don't remember this? No. Oh fuck! They were long. No one remembers this show. Okay, did I mean if Biggs was here, Oliver with me? Um, no, the, the gimmick of this is he was a Polish detective, and it's like this whole thing about Polish racism. <laughs> I love how it's it's killing it's killing Barry. <laughs> <laughs> and I like I like also Andy's grouping. Yeah, we got the blind guy. We got the guy in a wheelchair. We got, got the, the Polish guy. The I was fat, to get, I mean, it was, guy. It was everybody had a gimmick. I'm trying. Was it was uh, McLeod, who was the cowboy in New York. It was uh, uh, there was there was a bunch of them, but that was like the whole thing. That was you had to have a gimmick to have a detective show. What was uh, Rockford's gimmick? I think he was out of that. I think he was. I think he sort of. What was Harry O's gimmick? He was old. <laughs> That's another one, actually. Okay. Uh, Barnaby Jones. Barnaby Jones was old. He was the old detective. Well, yeah. <sighs> Mannix. What was his gimmick? But up, but up. Uh, again, I think Mannix and Rockford followed like standard. Cannon. Gimmicks. What was his gimmick? He was fat. Oh, okay. Cannon was your fat gimmick. Con- yeah. Congratulations, you've ostracized all of our <laughs> listeners under thirty, <laughs> under forty. No, he didn't. He didn't say shit about bearded guys. So, oh my God. let's do a little mail before we get into the news, please. please. <laughs> Greeting, rampaging fuckalopes of the Western deserts. Wow, want that T-shirt? Yes. Yeah. This is from J.R. Conkle. As you may or may not know, Book Three of Rebirth of the Fallen officially released on five nineteen twenty two. The title is Flight of the Fallen. It's available on Amazon and probably various shady book peddlers here and there. Uh, The book has a red cover. That should be enough reason to purchase it if you're still on the fence. Uh, But there will be a free Kindle promo running book one of the series, Citadel of the Fallen, from 6922 to 61222. So in other words, a couple days from now. So we're like right in the spot of it. 
Uh, the other two titles will be discounted during that time frame. That's right. The promo is running right the fuck now. Previous promos for the series have brought you such game-changing innovations, such as Deb reading news you don't give a shit about and the rather rousing rendition of Jeff doing Paul doing Mumra. Giggity. While we decided not to do a like-slash-review contest this time, I know what the totals were prior to the promo, and I'll keep track. I'll apply them to the next official contest, so no reason to delay. Book four comes out in December, so another contest might not be that far away. Thanks, as always, for the support. Gets kind of lonely out here in Riderland. The continual support of this community bridges a lot of gaps. J.R. Conkle. So, if you're listening to this, get on it quick, because yes. the special is almost over. So, I just want to put that in there to jump on it. So, let's do some news you don't give a shit about! Are you unwrapping? <laughs> what are you eating over there? I'm not eating. I'm playing with my cat. Oh. Is your cat made of plastic? Uh, you gotta think about it? Sure. Okay. Uh, now this week's show has been sponsored. Now, if you're a Kofi member, tier four and above, you get once a month a chance to sponsor a show with pretty much whatever you want. Oh, so you mean this steamed cod and brown rice tier? Yes, tier four, <laughs> steamed cod and brown rice. Apparently, God, that sounds gross. It it does, but it's actually tasty if you're trying. Hey, at least Wait. you got rid of Buckfast and Haggis. Dude, you just wait till uh, till till uh, Mrs. Uh, Torgo gets a hold of these uh, tier names. <laughs> She's gonna make you some steam cod and brown rice, and you're gonna like it. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's no to both of those statements. <laughs> okay, keep having more heart shit go on. We'll see what that's happens. Right. All right. So King Vald sponsors news you don't give a shit about with public service announcement from the now communist state of norway you capitalist dogs with your cryptocurrency and your nfts that are so easily stolen (laughs) communism always wins okay that's that's what he puts nice (laughs) okay Um, among the things i found digging through paperwork was a signed uh a uh, document from my mother, uh, the stating that she was not a communist. Oh, she, she had to, she had to fill this paperwork out to get a passport in the sixties. Gotta love the McCarthy era. Mm-hmm. No, you don't give a shit about. Since the whole Amityville story is now part of the public domain, there's been a ton of ridiculous movies being made recently, such as Amityville Uprising, The Amityville Moon, even Amityville Shark House. Uh, the I'm latest. Sorry. Wait, did you say Amityville Moon? Yes. Did you say Amityville Shark House? Yes. yes. Wait, did you say Amityville? <laughs> <laughs> the latest stupid movie to be revealed is titled Amityville in Space. Oh my god! And it I comes from <laughs> it comes from Wild Eye Releasing, and the tagline for the movie is Pack Your Bags for a Frightening Intergalactic Stay at Amityville, unquote. In the film, the ultimate battle against the Amnaville curse begins after the infamous murder house is exorcised from the earth and reappears in outer space, unquote. Uh, the movie is directed by Mark Polina, who also directed Sharkula. Wow. Can you please remind me what the deal is with Amityville? What was the... 
what was the, the hook on that? Like the original story? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the original story is the Lutzes buy a home in Amityville. The house is apparently haunted because uh, prior to them, there was a mass murder in that house where the son heard voices telling him to kill everybody in the family, and thus okay. the place is haunted and cursed. And they eventually leave, and that's it. Uh, the whole thing uh, is based on a book by Ray Anston. Basically, the whole thing seems to be a fabrication of the family, uh, most likely to get out of trying out of a mortgage they were over their head in. Uh, but again, that's more alleged than anything. But the book took the uh, nation by storm in the 70s, and they made a movie based on it. And the movie was so successful that... They made a bunch of others afterwards with diminishing returns. They made enough money doing them, but they weren't groundbreaking films in any way. But you said it was in public domain. It is now in public domain, yes. But it wasn't. It, it was made in the seventies. How is it now in the public domain? I thought it took uh, longer than that. There are parts of the story like that are that were created for the movie that you can't use. But the Lutz story itself, because it is a real story in on earth quote unquote is a public domain interest property now it's okay. very strange because yeah it, it amityville's on long island i remember long island would talk about it all the time there'd be little news articles and stuff like that so it it's one of those uh, I won't say first, but it was definitely one of the first phenomenon of real life supernatural something uh, stories that takes the country by storm as a phenomenon. Sort of like yeah. the the paranormal activity before, you know, before the Internet, before video, before all that stuff. It just and then you had a whole bunch of of family stories of horror shit show, uh, whatever, you know, that followed after. I just looked it up. It's 153 miles from where I'm sitting. I could be there in two and a half hours. Let's go. You so do that. You house. do that. You do that. And the house itself, it's really funny. Cause it's, I forget the name of the design. Where's Jeff when you need him? The windows, it sort of looks like a weird, it's sort of like a face. And yeah. that contributes a lot. Yeah, it's got those the, weird eye, those sort of weird eye windows, the sort of yeah. ones. Right, and it it it, it contributes to the uh, to the mystique. Yeah. So James Brolin, right, mm -hmm. was yeah. in the original movie. So there there is a couple there's a couple names in there that geeks would recognize. Yeah. I can't I can't remember all of them, but um, yeah, there there's a few like oh shit him was in you know. Damn it! I don't know, but it's a big deal. Made lots of money. Yeah. Okay, this this is weird. I just went to Street View on Google Maps. That house is blurred. Well, they probably did that on purpose. You can. No, I'm sure they did it on purpose. Well, yeah. Why? Because they probably don't want people like staring at it all the time. There they, is a big live. problem with people going to that property because sure. of its notoriousness. The same reason they probably blurred out like the Sopranos house and the one where the guy from Breaking Bad was, you know, people live in those houses and they get like people who want to see film locations up there taking pictures and whatnot. I had a friend of mine like who was a cop who got his house blurred out just because you kind of have to do that if you're a cop. 
for news um, you don't give a shit about. J.J. Uh, Abrams and his bad robot production company have been developing an ambitious sci-fi series for HBO called Demimonda. Uh, bad Robot was asking for mid $200 million range for the series. Uh, Warner Brothers Television, HBO, tried to get Bad Robot to lower the budget, but they wouldn't budge on it, so uh, HBO shut it down. Uh, the series would have followed, quote, what happens after a woman is torn away from her husband and daughter in a brutal scientific accident as she is forced to unravel a conspiracy to reunite with her family that has been lost to a dark, distant other world, unquote. Uh, Daniel Deadweiler, who was in Watchmen and Station Eleven, was set to star in the series. Abrams has been having a hard time getting his project off the ground and into development since he made that mega deal with Warner Brothers. With Warner Brothers Discovery under new leadership, they are reevaluating a lot of things, including Abrams' deal. Abrams wrote Demimonda and was going to direct it, and this would have been his first TV creation since Alias. So what's happening is he signed this massive deal with Warner Brothers, that, that whole first look thing. They paid him a whole lot of money so they'd, he'd only make things for them. And now they're reevaluating that deal under this new discovery thing. That's it's always the big fear when these big companies get bought by another company because the first thing they do is bring out the scissors and most most likely you lose things instead of get them. Yeah, well, I mean, they're banking on Abrams on his name alone. And what's he come to the table with? I gotta tell you, whatever you just said about this mon whatever. That doesn't sound like two hundred million dollars worth of show to me. It just doesn't. Weekend Geek. Yay! Oh my! Wow. I appreciate the short uh, news. I'm giving you. I was taken aback. Huh? Yeah. Uh, we have another ad uh, sponsoring Weekend Geek this week, uh, mm-hmm. also from King Vault. Okay. Uh, it's it reads PSA from Norway. Commander K, if that is even your real name, your blatant attacks on the Norwegian language have been noticed. We will come for you. But they're coming by dog sled, so it's going to be a while. Okay. Don't worry. Yeah, You'll hear them coming. You know, the Norwegians, they've got some clout, but they're, they're no Finnish ski troops. I'm, I'm you know, I've got to say, so. They're no Swedish we'll bikini team. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, no. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. If they were, he'd I be mean, encouraging it. I mean, you know, let let let's let's be honest. This is the country that gave us the word quizzling. Ooh, oh, whoever. Uh, <laughs> that so, is the country yeah. that gave us the great movie Troll Hunter. Ah, uh, true. That's true. Very That's true. true. No, basically, we're not afraid of you. Bring it. <laughs> that wasn't so much an ad as it was just a general threat. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, you that's know what? Okay. If that's how he wants to use his ad money. I am that. That's how he will use his ad money. There you go. That's then again, so kicked off Facebook that way. You oh, know, that's the, why I did it as an ad. So he didn't get kicked off Facebook. Now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the his the historic depth to the Norwegian Polish enmity. <laughs> I can't even begin to you know go into it. So. uh all I can say is, make sure you bring the butter, yeah? <laughs> you bring it, Kingwald. You funky guy, you. 
The MCU's Thunderbolts movie, a film that would center around a group of supervillains who get together and go on missions for the U.S. government, is moving forward. Director Jake Shearer, who did Robot and Frank and Paper Towns, is attached to helm the project with Black Widow writer Eric Pearson on the script. Kevin Feige is producing the film. Feige. Feige. Uh, the, the Thunderbolts were first introduced Feige. in Marvel Comics in 1997's The Incredible Hulk number 449 by Kirk Busiek and Mark Bagley. In that comic, a group of superpowered people led by Baron Helmut Zemo ostensibly help protect Earth after the Avengers are presumed dead. The end of that run reveals that the group is actually the Masters of Evil. Later in the comics, however, the Thunderbolts oust Zemo as their leader and actually try to be good. Ah. What came oh. first, Suicide Squad or the Thunderbolts? Oh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, definitely. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. I think Suicide Squad <laughs> is like 60s. Is it? Uh, the big difference to me between Thunderbolts and Suicide Squad is the Suicide Squad's not really wanting to do it at all. They're kind of forced to. The Thunderbolts are acting like they're good, but there's usually some underhanded thing underneath that they're trying to get away with while still appearing to be good to the government. Yeah, there's not much connection uh, between... I'm, there, well, not, connection's not the word. Not much coincidence. Comparison. Parallel. Comparison, thank you. Suicide Squad, <laughs> 1959. 59? Holy crap! Yeah. The government connection is stronger in Suicide Squad than it really is in Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts, it's more like the government kind of just like, okay, cool i think with uh with thunderbolts right as long as you're doing good yeah whatever uh except i I think they play it up more when osborne uh does things right with the dark avengers is that because i never read it so i I think that was post wasn't that post civil war yes yeah yeah so but it was many of the usual suspects uh, for example, I'm I'm currently in the middle of Civil War. I'm in the September 2006 of Marvel Comics right now. The Thunderbolts are helping uh, with the whole Civil War thing, but underhandedly, they're also putting together the supervillain army underneath everything that uh, they have been freezing over time members of that they can unthaw to create basically a, a supervillain army when they need to. At the same time, uh, it's... Helmet's son is the person in charge of the Thunderbolts at this point. He's in a fight against a cosmic entity to control basically cosmic power. I that, can't that, remember which one. There's a few. There's a bunch of them out there. Okay, no. good. I, How's really, that reading coming? I just want to know who gets punched and when. That's Everybody what, gets punched at some point. Yeah. It's no, I mean, like me or Matt. Oh yeah, your 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 deadline. Barry's the first one to get punched. Mm-hmm. That's 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 how the the thing works out. Yeah, Matt doesn't get punched been. until I do uh, 2007's comics done. But Matt's a wuss and won't and probably won't punch me. Right, right. So that's why we're having Deb do it. Oh, right, that's gonna be terrible. It has been confirmed that a sequel to Joker is currently in the works, with actor Joaquin Phoenix and director Todd Phillips both set to return. Both men were involved in the making of the original film, as was co-writer Scott Silver, who will also return for the sequel. The Joker sequel has a complete script and will be titled Joker Foy Adieu, while that's all <laughs> of the... Wait, what? Foy Adieu. It's, a, it's French. It'll be titered? It's, it's, a, it's titered. 
it's a named after a psychological disorder where two or more people who are closely associated are affected by the same delusion. Uh, and so that's all we really have to go on for a potential plot. Wow. Okay. Wow. Sure. Why not? Riddler. It'll be Riddler. <laughs> Darrington Press has partnered with Free RPG Day to announce a new one-shot game called A Familiar Problem, written by Critical Mole. Uh, Critical Mole. Yeah, Critical Mole. Critical Mole <laughs> is, is what you get uh, in like New Hampshire. Oh, my God. Look at the recording time. 127. <laughs> Written by Critical Role's Marish Ray and tabletop designer Grant Howitt, you will play as a scrappy and stressed-out group of familiars out to prove that you're up for helping your adventurers by going on a quest of your own. You can pick up a free copy at your local game store participating in Free RPG Day on June 25th or July 23rd internationally, or you can wait for the wild, uh, wider digital release later this year. Uh, Ray will be running the game in a one-shot titled A Familiar Problem, Sprinkle's Incredible Journey. Uh, players will be Laura Bailey, Matthew Mercer, Travis Willingham, Heidi and Closet, and Isabella Rowland on June 23rd at 7 p.m. on Critical Role's Twitch and YouTube channels or in podcast form a week after airing. Uh, Are any of these familiars actually moles? I mean, moles, like real moles? Or, familiar. Or... That's no, I think the problem their wizards have is they all grew these moles, and they're oh. just like, they're looking for the ointment. Free RPG. What? Go ahead, yes, what you got to. <laughs> Go ahead, shenanigans. Yeah, no, I was wondering, like, oh, do, does the whole thing take place on a wizard's butt and all the yeah. moles? Are... Yeah, it would be ointment, because it's, it's a pig familiar. Mm. Ointment, thank you. Ointment. ointment. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you brought. That's what you waited for. Okay. Thank you. That was worth it. <laughs> oh wow, Todd! Oh, you left out a wow. episode. Free RPG, <laughs> Free RPG Day works with top RPG publishers to create the event at hobby game stores around the world. Participating retailers will receive new and exclusive RPG adventures, previews, and accessories to provide a day of role-playing celebration. Attendees will get to snag exclusives, maybe play new games, and be surrounded by like-minded gamers. By the way. Yes. I just want uh, ointment. I just want to say Pepsaroni. <laughs> yeah. Pepsaroni? What the hell? Zoe Bowie Kenobi. That should have been the name of the episode. Oh, I was offended. Well, if, if you want, if I, I can be frank about it, uh, I hadn't heard the episode yet. Uh, so yeah, I know. It was there were a little Jeff bits thing. of it I could hear there, here and there. So I was oh. like. Oh, so Jeff did say call it Pepsaroni? No, no, he didn't give me any notes on that whatsoever, so I had All to right. find something. So, But you're right, the uh, uh, Obi-Wan Bowie Kenobi thing would have been much better as a title for that one. Huh. You know, I can only name these things when Andy's not around. Well, have you're it, luck. <laughs> have, have the rug pulled out from under my balls like that. I have to rug under your balls. Yeah, what are you doing? Are you just dragging <laughs> them on the, on the carpet like a dog? Well, when my ass gets itchy, what do you do? Call call Andy. What do, what do you do? <laughs> Much easier than playing like schnauzer and dragging your ass across the book. <laughs> Much easier to call Andy than drag your ass across the floor. Yeah. You've got that nice scruffy beard. It's good. It scratches the right itch. 
the that bear? extra money he's making. That's how he can afford it. It's like nature's yeah. pillow pad. Oh, oh, no. If money's involved, then do it because I need rent. <laughs> Got to grow a beard. Bitch better have my butt money. Grow a beard. I'm not going to make rent that way. And besides, I don't have a beard. We've already talked about this. Oh, I yeah. grew a beard for a week, came into a show, and Jeff was like, Wow, Kirsten, I see what you mean now. You don't grow anything. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Universal symbol for let's move on. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Director Jason Reitman and his co-screenwriter Gil Keenan, who did Monster House, are working on a brand new animated series based on Ghostbusters. The Netflix series will be the second animated endeavor to come out of the Ghostbusters universe after ABC's The Real Ghostbusters, which ran for nearly 150 episodes across seven seasons between 1986 and 1991. No other details were revealed, though the news does come a little over a month after Sony confirmed it was working on a big screen follow up to Afterlife. Reitman and Keenan confirmed that they are working on the script for the sequel, which will be set in Manhattan and serve as the next chapter in the Spengler family story. Quote, between gaming, comics, television, and movies, we are going to tell the untold history of Ghostbusters while reaching into the future with characters you haven't met from places you haven't gone, Keenan teased. Ghostbusters Afterlife brought in almost $200 million in the worldwide box office after a rather modest production budget of $75 million. The film's financial success prompted Sony to ink an overall creative deal with Reitman and Keenan. Wow, I didn't realize that was only $75 million to make. That was remarkable work. Yeah, it was. Uh, so are they going to continue to make more movies? Is that what I heard? Yes. Yeah, it sounds like the kids are going to grow up and go to Manhattan. Well, because I heard also that they're going to do all these, like the video game, they're going to do TV, they're going to do an animated series. Is it all going to be canon? This is important. I At this point, I would assume so, since it's being written by the same people. So it would make, would make sense. But... We haven't heard one way or another to be specific, so we're making a lot of assumption here. Well, because good studios like 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 Disney will will make Clone Wars stuff canon, and we've seen that with the, the man, in the Mandalorian and whatnot that they brought characters in from Clone Wars. So we've crossed over from we got animated stuff that's canon with the live action stuff, and that's really cool. So that it doesn't create two universes. Um, looking at you, DC, for screwing things up royally, where everything's in different universes, and it makes a big mess. And you got to pull the multiverse card out to try and fix it, but you never really do. Uh, so when a beloved property, a beloved IP like Ghostbusters starts to make stuff on you know, animated and this and that, I, I'm always concerned that you know, I, I, I want to see it all canon. I seem to remember that the, uh, the video game they made for Ghostbusters that was brilliant was canon. Yeah, brilliant. Love that. So I'm hoping they continue that. <laughs> Let's do some red light, green light. Okay. Light, green light. Hey, they better bring back some ecto cooler. That would be great. And I can't believe that 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 go, real Ghostbusters went for like six, seven seasons. That's that's not. Like, I think it was five. I can't believe it went for five seasons. Yeah, that's good for a cartoon. Under fifty episodes. Yeah, that's uh, that's worthwhile.
That's a lot. I, Did you ever see the I, Ghostbusters, like the original, yeah. the other one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, in fact, when I, when I saw the movies come out, I thought it was going to be <clears> an extension of that. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. The F Troop Ghostbusters? Yeah, it's a Spencer and Tracy and Kong. This red light, green light is sponsored by King Vald, who says, Glorious people of the Americas. Oh, our God. continued searches for the Jackal Commander K has unfortunately emptied our war chest. To help raise funds, we would like to offer you carefully selected digital art depicting Norwegian celebrities, nature, and landmarks for purchase. Do not miss out on the chance to own art of places like Galdenhoppenhagen, Elvrindum, and Rudras, and celebs like Bjorn Dieri and Tyr Jifinmure and Tyr Vikslarkport Verdum. <laughs> You're well, just stringing and, syllables together. And, and, and now Todd is on the shit list. <laughs> <laughs> Enter Hunt Kirsten at checkout to get 2% off and get the exclusive chance Wait. to join our ever-expanding blockchain. Thank oh, you, King Walter. Yeah, Enter what? <laughs> Enter Hunt. Hunt Kirsten. Oh, I'm sorry. I misheard you. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Mm-hmm. You heard Hurston. All right, I... <laughs> We need curse words in Norwegian, and we need to use them, like, a lot. Yeah, yeah. All right, I bring this uh, meeting of Sunrise Productions to order. Do you? <laughs> it's already ordered. Did you really? <laughs> we have four new pitches here. One or more of them may be fake. The ones you'll be choosing between are Pine Deep. Speed Racer, Alan Wake, and The Abandons. Here is your first one. Netflix is bringing the Pine Deep trilogy by Jonathan Mayberry to the streaming platform. Each year, the residents of Pine Deep host the Halloween Festival, drawing tourists and celebrities from across the country. Those who visit the Pennsylvania town are out for a good time, but those who live there are desperately trying to survive, for a monstrous evil lives among them. Only a handful of souls stand against the King of the Dead and a red wave of destruction. Daylight is fading and a bad moon is rising over Pine Deep. Sturgeon Harjo of Hulu's Reservation Dogs is set to produce and showrun the series. Mayberry is on board as executive producer. What do you think of Pine Deep? Pretty thin premise. I like the idea so far. Thin, yeah, thin. I don't, I don't have a lot to go on there. That's All right, great. let's see how it goes yeah. up against Speed Racer. J.J. <laughs> Abrams is executive producing a live-action series adaptation of the classic animated series Speed Racer for Apple TV+. Speed Racer follows the adventure of auto racer Speed Racer and his souped-up car, the Mach 5. His team consists of his father and car builder Pops Racer, his little brother Sprittle, and his ch pit chimpanzee Chim Chim, and Speed's girlfriend Trixie. Speed is also frequently crosses paths with mysterious Racer X, who is secretly Speed's older brother Rex oh, spoiler. Racer. Spoiler! <sighs> hey, I, I give you what I'm given. <laughs> Ron Fitzgerald, who did Rest World and Rest World. The, the Rest, Rest World, World was a very boring show. Uh, <laughs> everyone was just asleep. I was asleep by the they're end all, of it. They were all robots that were sleeping. It was very quiet. Very relaxing. Ron, Ron Fitzgerald of West World and Perry Mason and Hira Martinez, who did Get Shorty and Snowpiercer, are set to write and executive produce. They will also serve as co-showrunners. What do you think of Speed Racer? 
didn't they do a Speed Racer movie? They made a Speed Racer movie, but this is a live-action TV series. What was the thing with Speed Racer? It was just, hi, I race a car. That was it? It was was various races, and there was always shenanigans where some bad guy was trying to kill somebody. There There was often little side mysteries. But the important thing, if you find yourself in a Speed Racer universe, always check the trunk before you start the race for children and monkeys. Okay, yeah, this clearly isn't for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the children and monkeys thing just... That kills it for Barry. No, no, no. If there was a car powered by children and monkeys, that'd be a different story. No, no, they're always hiding in the truck. Next up is Alan Wake. The adventure video game Alan Wake is getting a series adaptation from AMC. The project is currently in early development, and the news was announced by Sam Blake, the creative director of Remedy Entertainment, the developer of Alan Wake. The story for Alan Wake followed a fictitious best-selling writer named, well, Alan Wake, who journeys to a small town in Washington State where he hopes to rid himself of prolonged writer's block. What follows is an increasingly surreal experience that seems to bring the plot from his last novel, which he has no memory of writing, to life. The game leaned heavily on episodic structure that delivered levels as if they were episodes in a TV series and even featured small interactions with in-game televisions that featured snippets of a TV show created for the game. This blending of game and TV helped to redefine a form of interactive storytelling. How does Alan Wake tickle you? I really hope this one's real because that game was great. I also hope this one is real because Alan Wake has ties to one of my favorite games ever made, control hmm. it's like the new weird like scp it's uh it was a government agency and they control the oldest house this is brutalist architecture thing that you only know about if you're looking for it it's uh it and, and alan wake ties into that universe so i hope that's real and finally uh, there's the abandons Sons of Anarchy co-creator Kurt Sutter has made a deal with Netflix to create The Abandoned, set in the Old West. Quote, we are on the western frontier, small cattle town, circa 1850. You have this wealthy family, and they try to buy out the ranchers. Most sell out, but there's this one group of families that won't sell. They band together, they stand up to the oppressors, choices are made, some of them violent, and they take matters into their own hands and create their own destiny. Family, that fine line between survival and law, the consequences of violence, and the corrosive power of secrets, the whole first season will be about the evolution of them turning into outlaws in a period before all the iconic outlaws that we know. So that's the abandons. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like 80 movies I've already seen. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's got interesting pedigree with Kurt Sutter, but uh, I would rather he focus on the Sons of Anarchy Mayans universe, which is what he said he wanted to do. He wanted to do a, uh, a Sons of Anarchy prequel with the first with the first nine or whatever, and then revisit all of that again afterward. But I, I want to see that universe. So, what are you doing, dude? Finish your breakfast. And there you have it, Pine Deep, Speed Racer, Alan Wake, The Abandons. Where do you want to put your green light, Andy? Well, I really want to put it at Alan Wake uh, by a lot. Uh, it was, in fact, Kay, you have to play that game. That, that game's kicking around the house. You need to play that. It's an Xbox game. 
yeah, no, it's just it, it's a great premise. It was it was creepy as hell. One of the uh, mechanics of that game is you the, the the things were chasing you in the woods were afraid of the light, and so you were like always just looking for flashlight batteries to keep the flashlight waving around. It must have been Rayovax. Yeah. Andy was on his back a lot with that game. Oh yeah. Andy's on his back a lot. He was he was he was splitting. He was splitting. He's making that scratch. <laughs> Scratching that itch, making that scratch. Barry, where you put your green? Alan Wake. Kirsten, where do you put yours? Boy, oh boy. I'm not gra- getting grabbed by a lot here. I don't know much about Alan Wake, so I'm, uh, uh, all right, I'll go with Alan Wake. Actually, I'll go with Alan Wake because of Andy, Andy's pitch, just describing how he feels about the game. Because um, the uh, regular pitch just doesn't, you know. Yeah, that's my green. It's, uh, I'm not, I'm not too terribly uh, thrilled about the others. I mean, I would have gone with Speed Racer otherwise, although. Really? Uh, you know, live action speed racer. I don't know. What do you what what, what do you want from me? I, I want you I want you to justify the fact that you would put our, our hard earned money to another speed racer show. Does the world need that? Merchandising. Yeah, no, it would definitely Speed Racer, if it's a real thing, would actually probably make some money and it's not that pricey to make. You have you have to build a couple cars and yeah. Yeah. Get kind of fancy with it, and uh, you know, uh, Racer X figures and Speed Racer cars, and I think that uh, the return on that would be fine. So monkeys and children in the trunk. Yeah, there you go. Get some junk in the trunk. NFT monkeys in the trunk. There you go. All right there it is. All right. <laughs> so a runaway with this week is Alan Wake. So which of these do you think are fake, Andy? Alan Wake. I really think they've they've nailed it. They've dialed right down in the newest, and they've they've Alan Wake is a fake one. If Alan Wake isn't a fake one, it's it's the Speed Racer one. Barry, what do you think's fake? Speed Racer, because no one needs that shit. <laughs> Kirsten, what do you think's fake? Uh JJ doing Speed Racer is on the one hand makes sense. On the other hand, I'm not sure. And Alan Wake, uh, I mean, just by the level of Andy's potential disappointment, I'm going to go with both of those. Ah. The fake one this week was sent to us by Sean Darty, and it was Pine Deep by Jonathan Mayberry, which means that the Speed Racer, (laughs) Alan Wake, and the Abandons are all real. Yes, Speed Racer! Woo! Wow! We don't need that shit. And if you've got a pitch to send to us, write to us, comments at geekshockpodcast.com, put pitches bitches in the subject heading, and then in the body, give us your pitch. And we want to thank all of our Kofi members. Uh, we especially want to ca- thank our Tier 4 members, King Vol, Deb T, David Farrar, and our Tier 5 members, Leon Mitt, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Aussie Matt, Mad Martron, and Glumly. Thank you, everybody for supporting the show and if you want to support us go to ko-fi.com slash geek shock and find about all of our tiers and tier rewards there uh but even if you don't support us just your listening it means a whole hell of a lot so thank you for listening and until next week i am master torgo 
Commander K. Back check Dandy. The infamous Blarg. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Yeah. So the word and, you're uh, looking for uh, is uh, Fane. That's the Norwegian curse word that's most commonly and wor- the worst one to use. Fane. What's it mean? It means devil, but apparently devil it's it's closer to meaning fuck in uh yeah, it is it's got the weight of the word fuck in, in Norwegian. What I need is a little YouTube tutorial on, on how best to swear in Norwegian. Alright, I you bet know. that's out and there. I need that for Japanese and Italian as well. Italian I got down, but I need that for Japanese as well because we're thinking about uh, going overseas in the next few years and I need a tutorial on how properly to express myself to people who like cut in line in front of me and whatnot. Very, very important. Well, no, is, it, is, it, is it you who needs to learn or Deb, since she's the one who tends to start the cutting in line fights that <laughs> you're going to have to strip off your jewelry and uh, get into a fight with some dude. Well, uh, keep in mind, I didn't strip off my jewelry. I moved. I had I had rings on one hand and I moved them to my dominant hand. Because <laughs> I'm a punching hand. Ah, there you go. At least at, le- at least in Japan. I mean, you know, all those short Japanese guys, you'll you'll be on a more even standing. Baron. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you are a very tall person, but then uh, you would tower over them. And I am not a tall person, but. I would uh, I'd have a fighting chance, literally. So, as a fight was brewing, you were building your own brass knuckles? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. That, that's, that's Barry. He thinks yeah. ahead. Slightly un- unrelated, just to mention something that I mentioned before. Uh, if you're interested in Control, it's $39.99 on Steam right now. You really ought to check it out. Noted. Right. I, I can't say enough good stuff about this game. And I can't say enough good stuff about Alan Wake. And I can't say enough good stuff about Sean Daughtry. <laughs> he fooled yeah, us. Pine Geek. Yeah. Went right Snuck past it right us. in there. Yep. Felt real. Yeah. There, there's a secret. You you just make something bland and boring. It wasn't boring. It was just, it was thin. I it mean, was thin. Uh, it was believable. I I definitely I you know, I, I would have watched that over uh, what was the other one here? Oh, the abandoned old west or whatever. The abandoned, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my note. I have the advantage. You want to get us to excited about it? You got to make it a little, little meatier than that. Because Kirsten likes his meat. That's okay. You like a beard up your ass. <laughs> and Torgo likes salmon and brown rice. What? <laughs> no, I like salmon. It's, it's the freaking steamed cod. I'm not interested. Steamed cod. Salmon and brown rice. Wow, that meal's getting worse. How dare you offend our tier four Kofi members with their steam cod and brown rice? (laughs) Here, Todd, here's your healthy diet for you. Brown rice and lox. You can put some salt on it. Pepperoni and cheese on crackers. You can't put salt on it. You put a little pepper on it, you're good. You can't have crackers, man. No more white starches. Stop that shit. You can't stop me. None of you can stop me. I just want to throw celery at your mouth. (laughs) Don't throw things at your mouth.